What's going on, everybody? We're here with another episode of Make America Debate Again. I'm here with Pasta Jardula. He's the co-host of The Convo Couch, and he's also the producer for Ron Placone's Get Your News with Ron. Uh, thank you for joining. Thanks for having me on, Anomaly. No, thanks for hitting me up. He emailed me. I was on Ron's show a couple months ago, and that's why we made the podcast to get both sides. Uh, Pasta's more progressive leaning, and we're going to have an immigration debate. I'm sure we'll cover other things that'll get there. So I know you hit me up and you're like, let's talk about immigration and let's do it. Because when I talk on the street to people and I'm pretty chill and I could always get them to be like, oh, okay. But most people, they just scream their side and it definitely doesn't help. Well, you know, uh, I, I haven't taken a trip down to the border just yet. We're right down the road. Uh, my partner from the Convo Couch, the other host, uh, she was down there last week. Uh, and immigration is one of those tricky kind of uh, situations because I think a lot of people don't talk about the real issue. And that's what's really causing the migration problem coming to America. Uh, and, and it's overglossed. And uh, when my partner was down there, she interviewed uh, several people. And the majority of those people are coming from the North Triangle, uh, mostly right now, Honduras. And I think a lot of it has to, is reeking from what happened in uh, 2009. And nobody talks about the coup and the problems and the American intervention, which is causing the problem. So I, I saw your video the other day, and uh, I just wanted to jump on there and, and start talking with you. So I reached out, and I said, maybe we can uh, have a little conversation about why we really have this problem in the first place. Absolutely. So for people not familiar, myself included, when you say the triangle and also the intervention, I know what you're talking about, the intervention, but explain to people what that is, because it's, it's very, yeah. very real. And with that long video, I didn't get a part of that in there, but a lot of things that are happening in the Middle East and even South America, they root from terrible United States foreign policy. So let people know what the triangle is and, and what you're talking about. Well, it's called the North Triangle, and it's three countries in particular in cent Central America, excuse me. Uh, Honduras is one, Salvador is the other, and Guatemala is the third. Now, what's unique about the North Triangle is that it's the main uh, area of intervention by the United States stemming from the 1950s, Hardcore in the 1980s during Reagan with his little battle against communism. And then, and then just recently now, in 2009, when uh, Madam Secretary Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama supported a coup that overturned uh, their duly socially elected president, Manuel Zelaya. So the main part of the migration where all these people are coming from, uh, we see in these caravans, they're mainly coming from those three countries. Why? Because we intervened, we supported coups. We turned the country upside down, and now they're on the way. I have a question for you because I struggle with this in my head. I'm not as familiar with South America, but studying Libya and Syria, like these people, and it's, I think it goes left and right depending who's in there, but you're talking about Clinton and, and Obama. Do you think they're actually trying to help, or do you think they're purposely just screwing everything up? Because that's my big thing with Europe and the migration thing there, and even this. I'm aware that they have their hands in a lot of things, but I guess the solution is the tough part because it's like a lot of people are like, we have to help because we messed it up. But my thought is like these people, I don't consider them me. It's not that I don't want to help, but I'm like, okay, they messed up there. They messed up there. They're trying to mess up Europe. They're trying to mess up U.S. I'm like, are they purposely messing everybody up? Or do, do you think they have like Clinton and Obama have good intentions? They just don't know what they're doing. Well, you know what, I, I, I don't really, I can't speak for them in particular or whatnot. Um, however, I do think that, you know, these neoliberal policies are still just the continued policies. And it's not a, a D or a R next to their name, which makes them who they are. It's the corporatist mindset, 
Uh, and whether you like it or not, I know it's hard for a lot of people to deal with, but Obama was a corporatist, you know, and he was involved with big banking. And that's what it's really, really about. The IMF is just belittling themselves all over Central and South America again when they were once kicked out, you know. And that's, you know, the form of banking and whatnot. So it's all about the bankers running things, the military-industrial complex running things. I really can't speak for Obama and Clinton, and I don't care if they really did have good intentions. Uh, if you're going to continuously have the same, uh, you know, mindset that's an imperialistic mindset that we're going to go in there and this regime change, we got to stop with this shit. You know, I don't care if they had good intentions or not. The truth of the matter is, just like the refugee problems in Europe, which you hit it on the nose, you talk about Syria, you talk about Libya. Now Europe's dealing with that refugee problem. You know, a regime change problem is a regime change problem, and the mindset has to go. So whether they were, you know, trying to do something well or not. I don't care. They did something wrong and the blood is on their hands. I agree 120%. And it's, it's really creepy to watch because it's like, I've been saying recently, of course, it, it's not proven, but it seems to me like they're almost trying to ruin everywhere. Even now, you know, they love Mexico, but now there's a humanitarian crisis in Mexico, destabilizing regions in Central South America, destabilizing uh, the Middle East parts of Africa, you know, slave markets opened in Libya after mm -hmm. the Great Possibly, and now Europe blows with it. Like, I'm, I'm like, I feel, I'm like, are they really doing all this? You mentioned the banks. Um, once I learned about the Federal Reserve in the 1900s, and then go to the, you know, Kennedy era, and when it seemed like the Bushes and other people with the intelligence communities, like, I, I don't know at what part we got hijacked, but I know we'll talk about it a little later too. That's one of the reasons that I, I do like Trump is, is that I think he's fighting against that. And I think also he's preventing those type of people from, from a reign. Cause like you said, it goes right. And that's debatable. We could talk about it later or now, but I, I do see it go back and forth. And I, I've seen it for how long has it been a hundred years, 60 years where we're not really getting led by a president. I don't think any of them had our best interests. And it just seems like a lot of regime change, a lot yeah. of, policy uh, a lot of countries screwed up and then the american citizens dealing with those problems that no one really wants on either side yeah. well let's remember we're dealing it on both ends because all those coups that are funded that's our tax dollar you know what i'm saying that money's taken out of our taxes to go to the cia to fund these coups uh, I, I think just recently in 2014 when it comes to nicaragua you know uh we funded them to the tune of 94 million dollars you know, and that's American taxpayer dollar. And I, I can tell you this much. They're not buying bologna sandwiches with that money. You know what I'm saying? That Absolutely. money is for weapons, for killing, whatnot. And, you know, I think I always kind of think about what Eisenhower said when he was talking about the military industrial complex on his farewell speech. He warned the country like, hey, listen, this is coming and this is coming hard. And yes, no matter who's in office and, and we'll probably disagree, you know, uh, I'm not a big Trump fan. You know, this is one area when I woke up on the day after the election, when Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton, I really hoped for, he seemed to be a non-interventionist type of president. Yeah. You know, the mindset with the tweets, like, why are we in Afghanistan? We're training all these people and they're just killing us. Let's just bring them home and build America. Absolutely. Uh, well, he hasn't brought them home yet completely. I mean, I know we've seen some scale downs and there's some positive things we can talk about with Donald Trump, but Donald Trump seems to be continuing the same mentality in Central America that Obama had, that Clinton had, that Bush had, that Bush Jr. had, all the way back to Reagan. Uh, and it's the area that I'm quite disappointed in Donald Trump. And I'm looking for some of his followers to say, hey, you know what? Let's, uh, we wouldn't need a wall 
if we stopped intervening in these countries, Donald? Pull out. You said you didn't want to deal with all these countries. You had this libertarian mindset about war. It costs money. Well, you know, I asked the Trump supporters, where's it at? Because this is what's causing that migration problem, which you hate so much. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people on the Trump side very critical of Saudi Arabia. I noticed that a lot of Trump supporters were not happy with that. I know they have a non-interventionist policy, like maybe 50 to like 80%. I don't even like top super, super conservative, like gunslanging, you know what I'm saying? Like straight from Texas. None of them, they, they all like America first, like worry about us. Like, why are we all over the place? What do you think he's doing in South America now? Because my, my thoughts are like, I never... Uh, I was never like well, a build a wall type person, but once I see, I'm like, okay, well, it's one thing if, if it's not a problem, but I, I do think it's a problem for multiple reasons, that being one of them, but also, you know, Mexico has its highest murder rate it's ever had. It has its own issues. And I just like the idea of strong security, but yeah, what, what do you think he's intervening on? Cause I, you brought that up. We have a good discussion. Okay. Well, I mean, it, to me personally, like, you know, building a wall is like putting a bandaid over the cut without stopping the bleeding. You know what I'm saying? We got to stop the bleeding first. You know, and Nikki Haley has gone to the UN and she said several times, they're continuing the policy in Nicaragua, for example. You know, I, and, and, and I think you have to ask yourself why. Like people say, well, why are we intervening? Why, 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 why? I, I think the military industrial complex still has a strong hold. I think Donald Trump is picking his spots and where he can do certain things. Absolutely. Korea, for one, is a great thing. I feel like he's all gung-ho about getting Korea in a totally peaceful place, yet he's still fighting the military-industrial complex. Yes, um, I appreciate you saying that because I even like – I think that's something that the progressive left and the conservative right needs to – because we just – even now there's inner beefs in conservatives. You got the QAnon people yelling at Alex Jones. It's getting weird on both sides. But if everyone could hone in on things like that – and I, I think he got into office. He said a lot of things, and he got in. I think he did good work in Syria. He overturned the billion-dollar program. Good work in North Korea. But he realized how crazy everything is. Like when Saudi, like Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Iran, all, like South America. Yeah. Like I think he was like, "Oh my God!" Like I'm surrounded by psychopaths. And I, well, it, you know what? It, the thing is about it is, is too is I think he's also understanding how tough the military-industrial complex is and how much they got their grasp everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Any type of presidents that try to take on the intelligence intelligence community, Kennedy got shot. The banking industry. Abraham Lincoln got shot, you know what I'm saying? So he's got to be careful. I always used to say, like, you know, if Trump gets too gung-ho, they're going to take him out. I felt the same thing about Bernie, uh, but he has to pick his spots. And, and once again, I'm not one of those guys who has DTS. I don't have deranged Trump syndrome. I can, I can have, you know, intellectual great, thinking. I appreciate it. He's good here. He's done bad there. Once again, not a big supporter of, of Donald Trump. Don't like his policies through and through, but he has some spots when he's done some good things. And that's yeah. the problem with, with what's going on right now, uh, AJ. Everybody's just screaming past each other, you know, no matter what. And nobody's thinking intellectually and saying, okay, you know, your hypocrisy is not as bad as my hypocrisy when it comes to the Democrats versus the Republicans. So, I mean, um, it, it, it's a tough situation. It's a confusing situation. Um, but when it does come to the South and Central America, you know, he's continued with those policies. And I believe it's for three reasons. Number one, Donald Trump's a businessman. And... The UFC, the real UFC, which is the United Fruit Company, they have big lobbyists down in Central America because they want to control all those fruits. I don't eat bananas anymore because Honduras is pretty much owned by the UFC and they control all the bananas. When it comes to Nicaragua, 
since Daniel Ortega's taken over, he's given the land back to the people. And they control like one third of the land in Nicaragua belongs to indigenous people. So that's a business conflict, I think, when it comes to American oligarchs and their business. So that's number one. Number two, with these coups comes a lot of military weapon sales. You know, there's a lot of guns. All those guns you see, all those Salvies running around with, those Guatemalans, and those guns are made in the USA, and it's a big market, a big sales. So that's the second reason. And the third reason is I still think that Donald Trump is kind of like a lot of the people in his base and the kind of a lot of people there against socialism. And when you see these socialist countries work, like Nicaragua, where they have the highest rising gender equality in any in Central America, where their GDP is rising by 5%, their citizens enjoy health care and education. I think as a whole, the machine, you know, the machine we're talking about, they don't want the people to see that. So those are the three reasons. And I think Donald is kind of trapped in that kind of quagmire of picking his spots. It's interesting. I, I definitely agree with not intervening anywhere as far as, you know, I understand we might want some bases in the Middle East or something to keep an eye on people. Like I, I get the world is a cold place and I, I do want a strong military because I feel like China, Russia, even Iran, Turkey to not, not to be trusted. But I, I don't think we should intervene because I'm not a big fan of socialism. I don't think, but if you intervene and then it doesn't work, you're not really proving it doesn't work. And we've, we've stuck our hands in a lot of places. So I'd rather let it play out. You know, what do you think about Venezuela? Was that intervened at all? Or that was, that that was very much intervened with too as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. They had their own problems. I don't think a lot of it had to do with being a socialistic government. When you look into Venezuela and it's a quagmire, a deep hole, you got an oil rich and company, oil rich country. uh, And it wasn't run by oil people too. So when uh, Hugo Chavez took over and he fired everybody in the oil industry, he replaced them with his own buddies and his own pals. And then that, the oil uh, business became one-third of uh, the profit it used to have because everything just slowed down. So they had an economic problem, and there was intervention as well uh, going on. I, even, even still, the fact that I heard that Donald Trump or uh, the United States was part of that possible assassination. Now, we don't know for sure, but we heard it was a possibility along with Colombia that it's, you know, it's possible. And we know Nikki Haley's been with the UN pointing the finger at Venezuela, pointing the finger at Nicaragua and Cuba. Yeah, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of hers. I know a lot of Trump supporters like her. I never really liked her. And I, I never, I, I didn't like her attitude. I, I don't really like what she says. I, when she, I think she's leaving or she left. I was not, I did not shed a tear because I, I yeah. she seemed very headstrong. And I think it's a combo of like, I like, even with Trump, because he, he's in a big situation. I like that he's strong, but he sometimes goes back. And he, he could even be, he's himself. You know, I, it would be nice to have someone super strong, but like super understanding. She seemed very headstrong because all these problems from like, you have radical religion in the Middle East, which is a problem. Our intervention's a problem. Yeah. Africa's a whole ridiculous problem. They got blood uh, mines and, or I'm sorry, you know, like, blood diamonds, all that stuff. Yeah. The military industrial complex. It's such a crazy problem that I'm always trying to figure out how to really unravel it or where to start. And that's, I guess, something that I really like about Trump is in all this chaos. And I know you made a lot of good points. I appreciate it. He's keeping us really strong now because I I see like China doing crazy stuff. Russia, they're always doing crazy stuff. You have definitely people coming, you know, regardless of the reason or or who caused it. And I feel like we're in the middle of this very crazy world. So the, the worst thing to do would be get very, very weak, getting more compassionate. Yes. You know, so a lot of people I feel like on the on the left, 
progressive and liberal, you have like, okay, don't build a wall. I'm not like the number one wall fan. I don't really tell, but like I'm a, extra security makes more sense. And then I see, you know, media from like NBC to, they actually made their Twitter headline like the, the caravan where I was like, you got a bunch of American citizens here living in tents in our city and you make the caravan your headline. It, it kind of hurts me when, when I see what they're doing. But they're all, it's like, they keep going further and further. It's like, okay, we don't need a wall. Like I was like, yeah, whatever. And it's like, okay, we don't need ice. And I'm like, okay, if you have something to supplement what they're doing with human trafficking and other stuff, because they don't just go and hurt immigrants, they do other stuff. And then it's like, okay, let anyone in. Okay. And then I'm like, whoa, like this is for someone that's been more liberal minded my whole life. I'm like, this is too much for me. Like, yes, stop the intervention. Like, yes, we had a hand in a lot of things, you know, but no to uh, just opening everything. I feel like that's, to me, that's the big leaders, the ones causing these problem. That's them trying to reestablish power here. I, I feel like if they won the election as opposed to Trump, it wouldn't be too chaotic. I think they would have kept it calmer. Yeah, well, they probably would have. I, I think there'd be a hell of a lot more progressives than you think really going after Hillary Clinton at this point right oh, now. Oh, no, I know. I we would have probably been, yeah, at up at arms and whatnot. And, uh, you know, as far as the wall, like, you know, I here's the thing. You've not a bit, you're not a big wall person. I'm not a big, like, uh, get excited about when Trump talks about a wall. I know my progressive friends, but they called some of them the uh, social justice warriors, and I love them. These are my uh, activist friends that are great, and yes, they have a, a strong sense of compassion, but you know, I try to talk about them all the time when they go, well, abolish ICE. It's like, I'm not a big fan of ICE either, but you know, ICE would be twiddling their thumbs if we just handled the intervention part. And I promise you this, because this has been one of the things I've been trying to kind of like, you know, get the discussions raised about. And a lot of, a lot of Trump supporters, a lot of Bernie supporters, uh, a lot of people on the left and the right, they don't realize how deep entwined we are there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not all about abolish ICE. I'm all about abolish the fucking CIA. You know what I'm saying? They're the ones causing the problems, using their tax dollars. They're a government within a government. You know what I'm saying? And they seem to even be split with their own, you know, politics over there. Like you got some guys kind of getting in Trump camp and then you got the people within the, in the you know, within the organizations, the CIA and the FBI who are out to get Trump because they're so invested in, you know, the establishment and the Democrats. So it's, uh, it, once again, it's just a crazy situation. And, you know, it's, uh, it's going to keep getting worse, but I really wish we would get our finger on it. You know, if, if Trump supporters really don't want a lot of these mig migrants coming here. And, you know, listen, I'm from Boca Raton, Florida. Um, you got a lot of fans out there, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Um, Sally Jane, what's up? I know she'll be watching. Big fan of Boca Raton. She went to high school. She keeps talking about anomaly, anomaly, anomaly. I said, well, when I get back to California, I'll see him. But when I see a lot of these, you know, Trump supporters in Boca Raton and Long Island, which are strongly conservative, we have this conversation. They don't understand. And they, and, they, and they really are upset because, hey, they feel that they came here legally. Their grandparents came here le legally. Now, and let's be honest, too, about that situation. We know it was a hell of a lot easier to come into the country back then than it is right now. Now the system is broken and it's over flooded. Um, and they really are, are, feel strong about these immigrants coming over. Well, let's stop causing the problems. If we are the party of individual responsibility, the Republican Party, let's be responsible for the chaos we are causing in these countries, okay? Because Absolutely. in 2011, when they upheld the coup, the very, very next year, Honduras was the murder capital of the world in 2012, and that's because of what we did. No, absolutely. I think the, the first step would be stop intervening in places. And it's even a philosophical question of like, I've, 
I always think, cause I'm always like, stop this, stop that, stop that. I agree. But then I'm like, how sick is this world where it's like, let's say George Soros, for instance, I'm not blaming him for all this, but he said he made a statement that a lot of Trump supporters hate, but I'm not saying I like it, but I see what he was saying. He was like, if I wasn't doing that, someone else would do that. And it's like, everyone's like, oh, he's a psychopath. And it's like, yeah, probably. But it's like, is it, is it, is he really wrong though? Like if he didn't do that, would someone else? So it's like, how yeah. do we get the international law? No one follows him now to stop intervening on people coming illegally. Like I, I know people are all hyped up. My big problem with the, the left now is like, I agree with you. I'm like, okay, stop intervention, be strong, be compassionate. Don't be foolish and naive. I don't see that. Like you, you're showing massive signs of that right now, but I, I see it like vapid where I, and, and maybe it's because people don't get together and talk. Like you probably be like, Oh, I don't see anomaly talk about foreign intervention in South America, but I, I talk about it in the middle East and Africa. I don't cover everything. So maybe that's what it takes. But my problem is like, okay, they're very, very like too open where I feel like if you let your arms super open, like of course there's reasons and things that we've caused in Honduras, but we're not directly responsible for every gang member, every murder. And I'm not saying they're all murders, but like if they do have a problem, if there are people that, you know, are in gangs and stuff that just cut people open and I'm not trying to be a fear monger, like, oh, they all do that. Like, obviously not, but there are those type of things that exist. There's the cartels, there's all sorts of vibes. Like if we're so foolish to like, people are like, okay, if they're women, don't separate them. It's like, yeah, but like, you don't understand there's people kidnapping children, raping children, bringing them here specifically for that yeah. reason. And now when you open it, like the first caravan, like to be honest, okay, 5,000 people, we'll figure it out. But because the media and why I really can't stand the mass media over everything, they promoted it so heavily and like talked about it. Now there's, you know, 20, 30,000 people coming. So now they're causing humanitarian crisis in Tijuana. They're telling people to come here. And when you're that foolish and naive, you attract a very bad crowd. So it's a combination of like the kindness and compassion of the left. But I see, and I don't know if you agree or disagree, I'm going to let you say in a second, if you see anyone over there that, that has a mentality, because to me, all I see, and I, I really look, I listen to progressives and I, I try to get the perspective, but I hear almost no one being rational in that sense. It's all just like, and, and those are the type of people, if you're a security guard, you get taken advantage of. Like your job is to protect the bar or whatever, wherever you work. It's not to like be super. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got, the, we got the, oh my God party at times. You know and I'm saying, and, and, and here's the thing. Uh, Anomaly. It's not, we see the polarizing bad parts of everything. We see the bullshit hot mouths pundits on both sides. And that's what they show us front and center. You know, when you talk out there, you're going to find progressives like myself, you know what I'm saying, who don't have the oh my God factor. You know, when Trump said to these shithole countries, I could tell you all these people, oh my God, how dare him to these shithole countries. I'm like, well, they kind of are a shithole right now, but yeah. shouldn't we be asking, why there is shithole country? You know what yeah, I'm saying? But some people are so caught up on the verbiage and absolutely. the rhetoric rather than saying, okay, well, why are they coming here? Why is their country torn apart? You know what I'm saying? I call LA a shithole sometimes, not to be mean because I'm like, yo, I'm trying to clean it up. Like, I'm trying to, people walk around, I'm like, do you not see, do you not see all this stuff? Like, you know, the, yeah. the mayor, but I'm like, what are you doing? Because you're not, I don't, like, downtown is ridiculous. Well, I mean, I, let me give you an instance, and I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to take a, uh, a personal shot out here, but you said something the other day. Um, and I think sometimes, and I didn't think too much of it but when you said it, I was like, come on, come on, Anomaly. You said, here's a picture of the invading ca uh, caravan today. Yeah. And you showed the caravan, you know what I'm saying? I think too, like, 
that sometimes, and once again, it's blown up too far when well, you say you invading. Think they're not it's, trying to invade by breaking China. They broke through the border of Mexico. They tried to break through the border of the United States. They're literally not invited, throwing rocks. Not everyone, obviously, but to me, to me, invading is coming through with like pitchforks, knives, swords, ready to attack. You know, yeah. running for well, help or desperately. At that point, they know they would they would get shot. So they they're they're yeah. it's a strategic invasion. It's not a well, whatever the case may be. I wanted to use that point. And when, and when Donald Trump said they're sending our rapists, they're whatchamacallit, whatnot, you know, it was a lot of people were like, oh, he's trying to generalize everybody. I was around in 1980 when I moved to South Florida. You're going to love this. Have you ever heard of the Muriel Boat Ride? I haven't. Have you ever seen the movie Scarface? I, I'm a bad movie person. I haven't, but I know people are going to be mad. I should. When I moved from New York to South Florida in 1980, I was seven years old. And I remember driving in South Florida, and we were in this one highway called I-95. And there was this big overpass, and down below in the overpass, it looked like a bunch of tents and little shelters set up. And what it was is that in 1980, uh, or around that time, Fidel Castro opened up his prisons, he opened up his mental institutions, and people who wanted to come leave Cuba at that time got on the port, in Muriel Harbor, and came to Miami. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I now, through that, that passage, he emptied out a lot of prisons and mental institutions. Totally. So when Donald Trump said those words, they're sending us our rapists, whatnot, I didn't think to take it too harsh. I understood there are going to be some, some bad people coming through there. And you know, bad, people, bad people manufacture stuff like that. That's my major concern, and I, I at least got it out there. I've heard no one else say it, not even on the right. They're just like, don't let them in. The same people who, who did what they did to Syria, Libya, and these countries, they don't really control this country anymore. And I'm not convinced that they wouldn't do something like Fidel Castro. Like these people, I don't think they're the best. I, I think they're picked, selected, and, you know, like manipulated. So I, I, don't, I don't think they're just seeking asylum or, or seeking help. I truly do think they are trying to invade and not, not only like, oh, 5,000 people. They're not going to destroy America, but... Now there's 25,000, and now we're setting the precedent of open borders. Open borders destroyed Libya. You know, they didn't have their yeah. borders secure. They didn't have a grip on it. It's not, yeah. not very well, wise. Well, we got to do is, number one, we, we, you know, you got to come down with me next week if you got some time. I'm going to go down to the border. To we're going to meet some of these people like my roommate did. And I, I am different than you. I think, yes, number one, they are seeking asylum. And number two, they deserve to come into this country because we caused the problem through intervention. Now, what I would like to do is if you saw that text, that tweet from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which you said, instead of sending down 15,000 troops to the border, they should have sent down 15,000 caseworkers there to try to work things out. But what if we just met halfway? What if we sent 8,000 troops and 7,000 caseworkers to see if these people who really, we can find out for the truth, if they're good, bad, if they have a criminal record, if they're mentally ill, or if they are just truly seeking asylum because the military and gangs are throwing tear gas into their house every single day because, you know, I can tell you about Honduras. It's cray cray. So, I mean, why can't we just find a system where we meet each other halfway? Why can't we just be like, okay, we don't have to send 15,000 troops. Why don't we send 10,000 troops and 5,000 caseworkers there? Try to figure out who's what and who, who's not what, you know? Anything's got to be better than sending the media there. So anybody who actually is trying to get to the truth and not just portray a narrative would be amazing. And actually, I will say MSNBC, they actually did some pretty fair reporting. They had one guy go through and, you know, say the truth and probably doesn't have a job anymore. But, 
you know, because you said they were mostly men. Like yeah, you out, yeah, they are mostly men. You know, oh my I, god, I appreciate you just, that. You just validated Donald Trump. What is wrong with you? You're out of here. I, I like the idea because I, I truly am a, a compassionate person. Like politics is a whole new realm for me as far as like, because you, you can't be weak, you can't be strong. But I do, even with people that are like the worst people, I think at the, at the end of the day, they're hurt, they're lost, they're angry. Like Absolutely. the nastiest Republican, like the left will be like, oh my God, he's a terrible person. I'm like, nah, he probably has like no uh, perception anywhere else besides where he's from. He's probably mad and angry and you're just making him more mad and angry. So it's like, I wouldn't be opposed to sending caseworkers and sending military to protect the border. I guess this brings up the question, and this is something that the left and the right do not see eye to eye with. We probably don't, but we're probably, a, hopefully, not, I wouldn't say rare, maybe on the media side, but like the, the core people feel this way, but the media sides are all talking heads of like, where does it end? Because I, I agree, the first step, stop intervening in other countries like just stop they i've seen them in my lifetime other ones i can't really put a tag on but i've seen at least two in my lifetime that i could track and they ruined and they even admitted they ruined that's the first step but if we if we have the ideology and philosophy of like okay we ruined it and when i we say we it's like these people i'm like ah that's not me i'm not saying i don't want to help but i'm like i didn't I, none of us asked for that none of us wanted to pay none of us did yeah. but where does it end? Because if, if we don't fix Honduras, if Mexico doesn't fix itself, and, and the first step, like I said, I will repeat, is us not ruining it. Let them do their own thing. But if we let Honduras in, Honduras is going to be eventually a failed state if it's not already. <coughs> so like Mexico, Middle East, like from all the European intake, what fixed Syria was cutting billions of dollars of funding, literally. Like that's one, my favorite thing they did. He cut a billion dollars of funding to the rebels. That's literally what fixed Syria. But yeah. if we just let in everybody from everywhere in every failed state, some of them having to do with us, some of them not, but being that we're a huge power, we have our hands pretty much everywhere. Where does it end? Does, does it really yeah. make Honduras better? Does it make the Middle East better? Or does it just tank the free world? And that's what I'm, I won't say afraid. I don't like to use fear. And, but like, yeah. I'm afraid that Europe and the United States, there are places people want to go. You know, everyone yeah. wants to go to Europe and the United States. What if Europe and the United States turn into Nicaragua, Mexico, and Middle East? Then no one's going to want to go anywhere, and we just ruin the whole world. And I think the people behind this caravan and the people behind this agenda, I truly do believe they want a total world government where of complete control and weakness and poverty. Like, I, I see no signs of that not happening. So that's well, well, we're going to go down there. We're going to talk to those people to find out what's what before we fight, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and really kind of classify what they want. I know what you're saying. And follow, uh, where can they really, see that? Just to let we you gotta know. go down there. You gotta talk to some of these people. It's gonna be pretty amazing if you do if you if you ever take a chance and do that with me. Are you uh, on Tijuana or Tijuana, down to okay. Tijuana, right down to the border of San Diego, Tijuana. I, I don't have a passport. I gotta You don't need a passport to get okay. through, you just need an ID. Uh, they still haven't switched over to the passport thing and I and I think they're gonna have no problem with, with two white males walking back and forth over the thing. They want our money over there and they want us to get back over here, so we'll be fine. Um but let's let's talk about how do we end the problem because you yeah. hit something on the nose uh, anomaly and I think it's really really important. It's what is helping scale down the situation in Syria uh, was defunding the, the weaponry. All that money that goes to Salvador, all that money that goes to Honduras, all that money goes to Guatemala is going for weapons, police training, and whatnot. Let's cut the cord and let these people do what they got to do. Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Cuba. John Bolton, you know, Mr. Trump, which I don't know why he picked evil Geppetto to be one of his national security advisors. This guy's a neocon to the umph degree, but he just called, I think he called him the fortitude of, uh, let me get it up real quick, but he pretty much 
classified like the axis of eagle. He called it the trioka, trioka. I can't even say it. Trioka of tyranny. But he was talking about Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. Well, I would like to see some Trump Trump supporters call and tell their president, say, Mr. President, we want you to uphold a promise you made to not intervene anymore. Those three countries will be the next wave of immigrants flooding this country if we don't stop what we're doing over there right now, especially in Nicaragua. We're over 100 million in aid since 2014. You know what I'm saying? We need to just step out of the bubble and stop. Cut off that funding to Salvador. Trump had said something. He's thinking about stopping it. Well, if he stops it, that will begin the process. Because if you let the people take over, they'll govern themselves and they'll stay there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's when you support all these madmen. And we've been doing that since the break of dawn. We did it in Indochina in the 40s and 50s. We've been doing it in Central and South America. Hardcore since the 50s. So that would be the first process. Cut the cord. Stop the funding. Tell Donald Trump, say, hey, I'm a Trump supporter. Don't fund it no more. Let it go. Like you said, let's rebuild here. We all love the Donald Trump that looked across from George W. Bush in South Carolina and told him, you lied about that war. We love the progressives love that shit. I was like, oh, and giving people <laughs> high fives for Donald Trump, but I'm a hardcore Bernie progressive. Okay, yeah. we want that guy back. Let's stop with the lies. Let's stop with the bullshit. Let's defund the military industrial complexes moves in Central America. And yeah. that will be the start of the process. I, li I like that. Uh, I want to get to the other angle of that, but I agree a thousand percent. Here's my thing with, with Bernie people, and, and some people do it, like the, the core progressive, and I, and I think you guys are the heart and soul of the left, because I, I honestly, I hate to be mean, but I, I think like the MSNBC left is like totally brainwashed and just like doesn't even know what's going on. So it's, it's really sad because I know it's good people, but like you guys kind of have the energy and, and they're trying to fight that. But what do you think about this? My thoughts always with Trump were too, because I've seen you compliment him multiple times. I've seen you point out the fact that he does maybe have his life at risk because he's going against really high powers. You've admitted all this stuff. And these are things that we can agree on. My thought is always like when, when you're, especially someone like Trump, he loves to be loved. You know what I'm saying? And he hates to be hated. And it can be dangerous. I'm not saying to agree with everything he's saying, but if you show him love, and I think this is something that a lot of progressives have really been lacking. Like you really promote the things you love instead of always knocking the things you hate. And I'm not saying to just like roll over, but progressives are very, very keen on universal health care. That's like their number one thing. I really don't like the thought of it, but to each their own. I think, you know, there's certain countries where it works. I don't think it would work here, but that's a whole different discussion. But they're so clung on to that, that they don't want to talk about these, all these great things that you just talked about that I know that 95% of my listeners are gonna be like, yes, 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 yes. They hate the idea of foreign interventions. America first, you know, that's what conservatives want. On that note, uh, do you think progressives can like show Trump love? Because I feel like if, if we took the Bernie progressives, the million, this is like utopia in my mind right now. I'm having fun. Take all those millions of people, turn them into Trump supporters, not Trump apologists, not John Bolton fans. You'll find people like Cassandra Fairbanks who hates John Bolton, who doesn't like Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of them. The Rand Paul, you know, he's the biggest advocate. If we can get the, turn these people into Trump supporters, get behind Trump. I think with all Bernie's people turning into Trump supporters, he could oust the deep state a lot easier. He could oust all those phony people on the left and the right, but he's kind of like floating in the, in the banks. And then 
once you support them, give you an example, uh, black, black uh, conservatives, the whole movement, like Blexit, Candace Owens and all them and stuff, like they got his attention, like, yo, we're black Republicans, like we love you. And they're like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're having like segregated White House meetings, which I'm, I'm joking, but I'm kind of critical. I'm like, it's no different to me than Harvard doing a segregated, like, I, but it's good to have that representation. I, I joke, but I'm uh, identity politics on the right too. Interesting. Yeah, but I know. They, they supported, supported, supported. But now that the first, like the, the prison act is there and some, Repu they're like marching to these Republicans. So they led with love, led with love, led with love. And then we're like, bang, this is where we stand. Don't throw this in the face of the black supporters. It's a good strategy. It's way better of a strategy than like progressives who hate and are wishy-washy. Like I said, I'm yeah. not I'm not saying agree with everything, but if you turned into a Trump supporter and like really love the good things he does, really was present in that community, I think you would find a lot of people who agree with like 95% of your foreign policy, if not all of it. And then you'd also find more success as someone like Trump has very many times backed down and even to the media sometimes, which I don't like, but like if he sees a lot of people, he's very practical. He's very pragmatic. He'll be like, oh, okay. Rand Paul, like he, he probably has more influence on Trump than any Democrat as far as like, I know he doesn't agree, but he's like, I'll consider what you say. He always says that. I'll, I'll listen to you. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Do you think progressives can do that? Or do you think like the universal well, healthcare thing is too serious? Well, let, let me just say this much too as well, because I feel like I'm trapped in this paradox uh, right now of like, people on the left who used to praise Obama no matter what. And was like, oh, he's awesome. He's great. He's awesome. He's great. He's great. And then, you know, as things started going, you're talking to a guy who campaigned for him twice and knocked on doors for Barack Obama in Florida. But as things started happening, I think the straw that broke the camel's back was the Monsanto, the dark deck when he signed that. And I was just like, okay, you know, there's enough is enough, man. Um, but I feel kind of Trump supporters right now are, are in that same kind of fix. It's like, you guys are getting the wool pulled over your eyes a little. I mean, yeah, he's done some good things. But for the most part, don't worry. It takes a long time to look inside yourself and say, you know, he wasn't the president we thought he could be. Um, the tax cuts, for one, are just no bueno in my mind. Um, and, you know, the foreign affairs I talked about. However, here's what the progressive wing has done. And then the progressive wing is kind of cut up into three different wings. It's got the social justice warriors which are your activists, your people out there marching on your street, my friends who are just uber compassionate. And sometimes the compassion blinds everything else out there, you know what I'm saying? Because they're so compassionate about what they do. And then you have the establishment wing of the progressives, which they are still establishment. Uh, you might hear their voices echoes, whatnot, their voices echo and whatnot, but they're still, they want a seat at the table. They're still brought up, you know, they still have the sensationalism. They want to sit down and drink wine. So they'll kind of turn their backs and ignore the corporatists within their party uh, and still think that they're progressive. And then you have the Jimmy Dore wing, I call, you know what I'm saying? Uh, people like myself who are just anti-war no matter what, and we will not do anything until, you know, guys like Jimmy Dore and Graham Elwood, who I had on my show last, who have looked into soldiers' eyes, you know what I'm saying? Um, but the whole thing about that wing and the people like myself is that I don't know if we'll necessarily, sh necessarily show Trump love unless he merits it, which I don't think he's completely merited, but we want something more than just anti-Trump candidates. We want something more than just anti-Trump people. You know what I'm saying? For us, the candidates that were just anti-Trump, like we had this guy, Kevin DeLeon over here, who ran for senator against Dianne Feinstein, yeah. and you know, his, his big, big uh, video was about abolishing ICE and just, I can't believe Trump said this. You know what I'm saying? So we like to call out, hey, listen, we need you to be something more than anti-Trump. 
You're against Trump, whatever, no. That's what you'll get from the progressive wing, the true progressive wing, at least the honesty to say, hey, when he does something good, and look, Bernie Sanders was on The View. He talked about Trump, what he was doing with Medicare uh, and prescription prices. He threw yeah. him a biscuit. When it's good, nice. we're going to praise him. When he's bad, we're going to say, you know what I'm saying? But to me, um, I haven't seen the completely squashing of the establishment that you see, of the deep state completely that you see. I see him doing some good things uh, here and there. But for the most part, um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to 2020 to getting that heavyweight boxing match of Trump versus Bernie Sanders. So uh, see we'll you see. You know, there's, there's odds. There's still four to one odds that you might come back to Bernie Sanders anomaly. I don't know, man. He's got, he's got a lot of – I'm always open because even at my worst, I don't hate someone. Uh, but Bernie, there's been a lot of uh, just things where I'm just cringing, especially with like I understand he doesn't think voter fraud's real, voter suppression's real, but like I just don't trust him, man. After that whole election, his silence, and then his like attack at anyone who attacks the media or suggests that vote, voters are rigged. Like I, I hate the Russian shit from him. I hate the Russian shit. Dude, I hate like all oh, these. these I like, hate, like I to me, like I'm anything like anything he does anymore, man. Every everything he all the biggest things like media. My biggest thing, and I know people think I'm really more political. In my later years, I'm turning more libertarian because anytime, even with universal health care stuff, like. Sounds good, but a singular government controlled stuff that's like a mandatory fee. I'm like, leave me alone. Like, I, you know, but with, with uh, the media, that's my number one thing because I really think it controls the masses. Like if you if you could take away that and just reframe the whole conversation, I don't think it's as difficult. But I think every day they so divide chaos, war, yeah. everything that they can. But Bernie, man, it's like every word out of his mouth. I, I, I'm just like, who is this guy? Like, he's pro-media. He, if you attack the media, he calls you like a crazy, like anti-free press. And it's like, bro, you know, and I say all the time, even though I, I don't agree with uh, progressive policies, I'm always like, man, like Jimmy Dore, they don't want him there because he's anti-war. They don't want, you know, they don't want the progressives there. It's not because of the progressive policies. It's because they're on target with the with the anti-military industrial complex stuff where it's not going to be Trump who takes down Jimmy Dore. It's going to, yeah. it's going to be the left, the establishment. Well, they've already tried out here. They've had their little personal hit attacks. And, you know, uh, as far as the media is concerned, you know, you talk about, you know, there's a reason why uh, I'm talking to a guy anomaly who has 56,000 subscribers on YouTube is because the, the media has been the corporate media now and they just push their narrative. You know, when it comes to MSNBC and CNN, it's just awful. And it's like, you know, when people talk about, you know, a conservative, you wake a conservative up in the middle of the night, they'll tell you exactly what they stand for. And that's what Fox, I think, represents. But if you wake a Democrat up in the middle of the night, establishment Democrat, they'll tell you nothing but platitudes and propaganda. And that's all MSNBC and CNN has been. And, you know, that's where, you know, I think that, you know, this whole Jim Acosta attacks on the media is just ridiculous. You know, Obama jailed so many fucking whistleblowers. It's disgusting. And that's a real attack in the media. You know, I would have just snapped the microphone out of Jim Acosta's hand and said, sit down. Who do you think you are? They're frigging, you know. <laughs> and yet everybody's out there praising him now. You know, I was in that crowd in, in California when Jim Acosta was there in that airplane hangar going, CNN sucks. CNN <laughs> sucks. And guess what? It was all progressive Bernie people. So, you know, I mean, they had the biggest CNN protest. I remember it was enormous outside the CNN building. That, what did you think when Democrats said they were pro Jeff Sessions? I was I was like, are you guys joking me? 
Like straight well, up. See, once again, that's that's still that's other other faction. Those are just establishment Democrats. Those are latte liberals, man. But do you know like, with you and Jimmy Dore? I don't know about you specifically, but like say Jimmy Dore. Like, I, and I try to tell him that, and I think he knows, and it's it's policy differences, but like. It's going to be the left that takes Jimmy Dore down. It's not the yeah. right. No one on the well, right. They already attacked him. Yeah, they already they attacked him out here. Just him, they, they went him after him. All right, so. and they, I mean, they call him everything under the sun. But it's doesn't that bother you? It really bothers me that oh. Bernie Bernie is on that side where he's like, oh, Trump's anti free speech. He's like, no, your biggest supporters from Tim Canova, who he totally threw to the side, to everyone else, it's all the left doing it. But Bernie's like a gatekeeper for yeah. them. Like, don't. Does that because that that's like a, well, that's a deal breaker. If, for if you get into deep Bernie 101s, I think you're going to open up another. It's another quagmire of a hole. He's not completely on the um, on the establishment side, but he does do things like that. Are very much questioning. Uh, you know, the people he supported, like you said, Tim Canova, like he threw him under the bus. And out here, he actually uh, supported Jimmy Gomez, I believe, instead of Kenneth Mejia, who's a green who he supported years ago. Um, Would you vote for him though? Because like every who? aspect of Bernie, my favorite. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Why I would. He's so, like, my my favorite or my big thing. Everyone has to see something different in candidate. Like with Bernie, it never really was like the the leftist policies. I'm, I'm not saying I was like, but like fifteen dollar hour minimum wage. Like I'm not a fan of. I think it would not do great. It's debatable, but like I liked his authenticity. I liked his integrity. I liked the fact he was standing up to the establishment, and I liked the fact that he was standing up to the media. Like that's what drew me in. And even in my song, I always talk about talked about like I always drop gems that are like totally unrelated to try to get people's mind like about like MLK and stuff. But he lost. He's like 0 for 4 on all the things that I cared about for him. So I I don't trust him. Like, yeah. I, and well, let's combine, not forget that you, you combine bad like deep state yeah. policies with mainstream media manipulation, which Bernie's on the side of with socialist policies. Like I'm not saying Bernie's that, but like that's how you get a, a Mussolini or a Hitler. You combine all the bad elements of neoliberalism with socialist policies. And now you have total government control. You have yeah. media control. You have everyone enslaved in a singular government healthcare system that you can yeah. opt out of. Your taxes raise. I mean, combine that. Well, with I, I, I think you gotta, you gotta be careful there, Anomaly. You, you mentioned uh, Mussolini and Hitler because that's something that the establishment left does all the time. They try to make these comparisons to Hitler, whatnot. No, no, but do you see what I'm saying? I'm saying you, I'm not saying Bernie's, but I'm saying you. If he is establishment left, you combine all the things they're doing with yeah. his policy. But he is not establishment left. He's just playing the establishment games at times. It's just one of those situations. Listen, but that's it's just the like Donald Trump. You know, he's they're playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? Remember, Bernie had he had to go back and govern. He had you know uh, seats. He had. Uh, uh, different uh, groups he was a part of, different uh, committees. And he didn't want to lose that power when he went back. And also, it's almost impossible to run as a third-party candidate. You can't even get access on Absolutely. every single state. So, But what, what benefits does he have to do all this stuff? Like with the media, to throw his own people. Like my favorite progressives are under threat by the people that Bernie flips it around and says Trump's – it's like, no, dude, your biggest supporters, Bernie Sanders – even like people like Free Thought Project who are like super anti-establishment, their pages deleted. Bernie said nothing. I've, I've talked about it 20 times. They hated Trump, but I like their posts. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't agree with that, but like they were on target. What, like what, I, I don't understand his benefit for that because he's throwing his own people under the bus. To me, what it shows is like he really, even Trump, like love him or hate him, he fights for his people. He actually fought for Bernie Sanders more than Bernie did. He said 20 times. Bernie got cheated, you know. Yeah, Bernie but he didn't do anything. He didn't. He didn't cause Jeff Sessions to get an investigation. He didn't do anything 
no, to the I mean, medal like, himself. You know, what I'm saying, man, if he can't even stand up for himself, but like those are the things where I'm like, I I don't trust him. Where I'm like, oh, he's playing the game, but like, what what game are you playing if you literally threaten the livelihood and you know career of your, yeah. your top supporters? Like, if if Trump was literally like, if for one second he turned on me and was like, hey, like they're the bad guys criticizing the media, they're alt right or like you know they're Russian. I'd be like, dude, I, I couldn't like, you know, he, he does some suspect stuff. He says some funny, weird things. He hasn't done everything under the sun that he could do, but he's never shown me that, that peak of like throwing his own people under the bus. And Bernie does it weekly. Like I, I don't think he's who you think he is, but who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you can make some of those comparisons too, like what Trump does when he fires everybody in his cabinets and he kind of gets in fights with people who are, you know, his allies at times. He's got too. a lot of snakes well, around, though. I mean, I'm not well, hey, Bernie's got to deal with those snakes too, man. There's well, politics Jimmy, is dirty. But Jimmy yeah. Dore and myself and all the people who support him, like what, what benefit does he have or what long game is he playing when he literally sides with the media and says anybody that's like me or Jimmy Dore or Trump or – fairly criticizing how terrible the media is if we're threatening free press like he said that multiple mm -hmm. times he said he wishes george bush was back there that it was like simpler times it's like bro who are well, you I'm, this is all like news to me that that uh you're saying like you know what i'm saying i i haven't really seen and, and i'm a pretty bernie or bust type of guy i got a bernie sticker on my car but i have never seen bernie sanders say that he would welcome anything that george bush or George Bush Sr. does. I'll stuff. find it. He was basically like. Shoot it to me because I don't know about that. And if he, he said like, that, I'd be really disappointed. Like I said, I'm not going to be happy with everything that Bernie Sanders says. You know what yeah. I'm saying? There are some things that it's no, like. He said. I don't he, agree with you. But for the most part. Times or something. Or, or like that. He was like, George Bush did some stuff, but at least he didn't do that. And you're like, bro, do you know what? Like, nobody like, like, man. No, I hate that shit too. And I, I, like I said. I'm saying for you too and Jimmy Dore because like, I. I don't agree on a lot of things. There's certain things that I'm like 100% I agree with, but Jimmy Dore deserves a platform. Ron deserves a platform. The fact that Bernie's working against us there, I, I just don't like to me that. Well, I don't think he's completely working with against us. I just think that certain times that he hasn't made the right decisions. Uh, but for the most part, generally, Bernie has been the solid rock of policy, standing behind policies. Because that's what, you know, at the end of the day, babe, that's what it's all about. We need the policies changed, and I think that he's on the right mark for the right policies that progressives want. If you put and progressive policies in the hands of somebody who is not a good person, you literally give so much power, control, and money, and health industry to the government. So if Bernie's not trustworthy, if he's throwing everyone under the bus, but all he has is his policies, you combine that integrity with those policies, it's worse than libertarian, because at least you have some money and stuff. You, you combine all of Bernie's policies, with him being pro media, it's literally like a, a far left. I, I don't I don't think he's pro media though. I really don't. I mean, it, he he was one of the first to go after the media back in the days, you know. Back and, in the um, days, what happened? So, I mean, I think he takes one incident, but he's always told the media, "You're not you're not covering homelessness enough. You're not covering people dying because they don't have health care." He always tells the media they're not covering what they should be covering. And he always ties it back to his policies, and I, I get it, but like. I feel like he's a pull string doll where Trump will be like, bang, 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 talk about a hundred things. He'll point things out that Bernie, everything he does, he wraps into, so we need universal health care. So this is why we need universal health care. This is why it's like he, he, to me, combine his policies with an establishment left. It's anti-freedom, anti-free speech, anti-everything that I really stand for. Like, I, I just think 
I don't like the health industry, California, United States. I think we've really messed up. We've taken the worst of both worlds. But you give the entire health industry in a singular or double government-run thing, that's like, that's like hell on earth if, if it's the wrong person. And if it backfires, now you're past the point of no return. Like you just tanked the whole system. Yeah. That's well, we, we get, we'll, have to do, we'll have to do a show on uh, health care soon because that's another deep hole. Uh, yeah. I can gladly say I agree to disagree, but um, yeah, like I said, when it comes down to it, I believe that Bernie Sanders is still behind the policies we, we need. I still believe he's the most honest man. I think he's been around for so many years that that type of experience is going to come in handy. And more than anything, I would just like to see an election that would count so we can see Obama, excuse me, Trump and uh, Bernie Sanders go up against each other. That would be, you know, from a political football mindset, I'm waiting for that heavyweight bout. You know what I'm saying? Run? What do you think of the chances he runs? I think he'll run. Um, it's going to be tough. We'll, we'll see what the Democratic establishment does to him again. I think they're prepping up people like Kamala Harris, Cory Booker. They're trying to get them ready, but um, we'll see. Well, we'll see. I think he's. I think you need a populist mentality and a populist message. And the only person who had a a populist message other than Bernie Sanders was Donald Trump. So uh, I think it will be the bot the battle of the populist. He's still considered the most honest guy in the Senate by all his colleagues. So keep that in mind. So, no. Definitely, people have lost faith in the media. People have lost faith in the government. Rightfully so. So this old way is not working. Although Kamala or Corey could pretend to do that and. I've been saying just like I think the establishment and mainstream left has sold out to identity politics, race, religion, gender. Yeah. They don't care about content of character. They only care about race and religion. So Kamala Harris is perfect. She's a woman. She's black. That, yeah. And it's sick because like Hillary Clinton's $2.2 billion campaign, it really just like messed up the minds, I think, of like women. Like it's, it's like she's not really a feminist and her like it was all just fluff yeah so now everyone's real confused well she spent 2.2 billion dollars to like screw your mind up i think they'll try that again with kamala if bernie runs it'll be interesting because i know he's probably lost millions of supporters he's probably gained millions more and there's millions upon tens of millions of people who have honestly when i was 19 i wanted to vote for obama because he smoked weed like i was a more <laughs> that's straight up I, it was like and I, I don't know if I voted, but like, that's how some people think. And I, I think the left and even Bernie do a way better job with kids. Cause like the right doesn't get that. It's like, I get you care about this stuff, but like you, you just don't, if you're other people. And, and I think they're the left, even the progressive left does a really great job of reaching out to the youth. And like, I've been telling conservatives, libertarians, I was like, you guys suck at this, man. Like I'm not trying to be mean, but like, that's how I thought. Well, you shouldn't think that way. I was like, well, too bad I did. And my vote counts just as much as yours does. So yeah. You know, it's, that's how it works. But. Well, you know, I can tell you this much, and it's, uh, you, you hit something really, too, and it's, it's the identity politics on the left is really, really bad, man. It's like these last several years, it's just like, you know, if you didn't vote for Obama, you were racist. If you talked about bad about Hillary, you were misogynistic, you know, and, and it goes on and on and on. Now we have this situation where the chairman of the Democratic California Party, who just had to resign amidst uh, sexual uh, accusations, uh, and now if you attack him, you're a homophobe. It's like, you know, uh, they don't care about what you said, content of character. And I, and I tell all my, my progressive friends, hey, man, I'm glad she's the first, uh, you know, Somalian woman uh, elected, but I care about her platform, her yeah. content of character. That's what's most important to me. And, and believe you me, when I walk out of this room today, I'm going to be told, oh, way to go, pasta. 
You're talking with a, a right-wing fascist. Oh, there's two white men up there just blah, blah, blah with their privilege. I'm going to fucking hear it and stuff like that. And it is definitely a problem. And I tell my, cons- my progressive friends to knock that shit off. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's we bad. have way more of a class battle that's going on than a race battle. I'll say that every day up and down. Uh, maybe I'll get yelled at and stuff like that. No, it's and, good. The left needs it because it's a losing strategy. Like, I know Dave Rubin. I, I don't know if he works for the Koch brothers. That's what they say. But he calls it oppression Olympics, and it's true. It's like a battle of who's, whose argument wins only because of their race and gender. And it's like you're talking about you go to these events. Like, there's millions of black, Hispanic people that are conservative and libertarian. Like, it's, it's not all just, like, racist people. It's like you can't have an opinion about any. They called Bernie Sanders racist. MLK day on a speech like he literally told the truth he said like during the Obama administration we lost like they lost way more Congress seats and Senate seats than Trump did in the last election and he was trying to say it's not working because it's not Obama lost more than almost anyone and they called him racist on Bernie they did it again right after the primaries right after that when he said that thing about Andrew Shillam excuse me Andrew Gillum (laughs) Uh, and you know he he, they did that thing with him they were like you know they took a piece of what he said you know, it, and it took it out of context, and they try to make him look like a racist. Well, hey. let's let's get that cracking on the on the, on the progressive wing, because even people like Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert, like I know they love it now, but I'm like, dude, you're a white man. You're whiter than me. So like, in two years, you're toast, my but my man's like, you, you think you're like it's it's because you're not judging people on content of character. I'm all for compassion, analyzing, helping out people who need help, but it's yeah. tricky. Like Ber- Bernie spent his whole life literally aggressively pandering or supporting or promoting more than anyone I've ever seen to racial causes. Like, like in the seventies and eighties, like he was, he was marching with MLK. So like the fact that they'll call him racist, literally to me, I I think the, I mean, there's definitely obviously like racist people on the right. I don't think it's as many as people think, but there are people that are there, but the most systemic racism I see is in the establishment left because they they've justified in their head, they can hate people solely because of their gender or race or devalue yeah. your argument. Like, yeah. I don't care that Bernie's an old white man. Like, it's never crossed my mind to disagree with him because of his race or gender because, like, that's not what matters. But people literally think, like, they're just, like, white man mansplaining, like, aggressive. Yeah. Act, like, oh, he's yelling at me. You're, yeah. It's so crazy to me. And like, meanwhile, it's the biggest form of virtue signaling they got out there whatnot. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, let people speak for themselves, pal. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it, it's just, it's been such a thorn. And it really has. And I tell my friends all the time, like, hey, man, we need white men to vote for Bernie Sanders to win. Let's not rate run them off. You know no, it's, it's a, it's a not little- everybody thinks the same. The generalizations are killing us. It's the same. It's 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 really bad. Even all over the world, like uh, I know Bolsonaro won in Brazil, and they're calling him like a super fascist, and he's like a Trump, and like maybe even more loose with his words. Like he really doesn't give enough. But I, I'm talking to people there. The reason he won is because people hate identity politics, and people are tired of like being like, "Hey, I don't like this healthcare," and being told they're racist. They're like, "Hey, I I don't know what I'm doing," and it's sexist. It's like you could call that. You could say you don't agree with it, but like identity politics is really bad. I call it out on the right as well. I think it exists a little bit, but like it's heavily dominant on the left. And what I really can't stand is like all the stuff you're talking about. Cause I'm like, it's not even helping you. Like it's a self, especially if you're a guy, like now you're, yeah, you know. gender. If, you're yeah. if you're part white, it's not good. But like, even if you're, you know, Hispanic or something like you're, it's, it's all like a weird pyramid that's like inverted. And I, I'm glad you're saying that because like, that's, that's one of my biggest deterrents uh, from the left is like, I can't, even like you, I was like, who else does it? You're like, I do it. 
And I listen to Jimmy and Kyle Kalinske sometimes, and I, I like that they do good analysis that I normally wouldn't listen to. They're two people that I think are standouts on, on the progressive left. But, like, I don't – like, Bill mayer has gone down the tube. I don't see anybody on the left anymore not trying to play that game because I feel like if you're on the left now, you're, you're victim to that game. Like, on the, on the right, I can do a lot of things. And, like, certain times they get mad when I go against the right. But, like, they're very nice to me, even when I critique them, even when I talk about foreign policy. Like, as long as you show love to them, they're – but like the left is not really like that. We're like Jim, Jimmy Jordan stuff. You'll see like there's you're almost like soldier. I want to say so, but like you're so invested in the left and it's all identity politics. Where like if you say the wrong thing, they're already writing hit pieces about about Jimmy Jordan when they should be thanking him. You know, they're they're trying to call him like all these time to the world's worst people for no reason. Well, yeah, they were trying to say he was bad speaking to women, and you know there was a there's an activist out there. Well, she's not really an activist. She's a delegate. And I was close friends with her, and she had a big following, and I used to speak to her a lot, meet her up in a lot of events, marches, and the whole nine yards. But when she started going off and saying, well, I don't think that Jimmy talks to uh, you know, men that way, the way he talked to women, it's just like, dude, it's like you're talking about the most biggest anti-war activist out there. And if you're shitting on him, you're shitting on me because that's my biggest cause. Uh, and, and they're willing to play those politics uh, just to gain a position and a seat at the table. Um, but the main thing is, too, as well, is something that you say on one of your videos, and I really want to talk about it. You're like, we're not going to stop having these conversations. That's the main thing the identity politics stops. It thwarts disclosure. Yeah, yeah I've been in conversations before, and I was talking about neoliberals, and somebody would put in, well, it seems kind of mansplaining. Immediately, I'm going to stop. You know, I don't want to sound like a white male being dominant over a bunch of women when we're arguing about politics. Yeah. So if I'm being told I'm mansplaining, or if I'm told I'm being white privileged, what do I do? I stop and I fucking walk away. And, they, and, the, and I'm trying to get my friends and these people to understand that more than anything. They have to stop with the OMGs and the identity politics and their virtue signaling and just talk. I was excited to talk to you today. I disagree with you with a lot of things. But you know what? I, I, I was excited to talk. And, you know, I, my other job is I wait tables in a Pasadena restaurant, which is a, a, a high-end restaurant. 90% of my clientele are Donald Trump supporters. They come back, they ask for me, we talk about things, we yeah. disagree about things, but we talk. And they say, there's not a lot of people on the left like you. I'm like, yes, there is. We just got to come out from the shadows more, and we got to get our people in line too as well. So, and Man, that, you're speaking my language. I'll say there's a lot of people on the left like that. There's not a lot of news analysts on the forefront. And conservatives have done a good job with this. Other, there's a lot of whack ones. You have like, Candace, who's a little different. You have like Shapiro, Peterson, like some people who are spicing it up a little bit, but like the left doesn't have, like you're already, I'm not even gonna lie, you're already from this conversation, probably the, my favorite person, like even other people that I kind of like, where I'm like, where you should be bigger. I'll come on the combo couch soon. Cause I, I didn't know a lot about you. I was like, we'll, we'll connect, get it on the podcast. Cause I got some, some vibes here, but you need to be at a high, cause like, that's my thing. I, I talked to my progressive friends. I have a friend who's atheist heavy metal but like super cool and super smart and i talk about these things i'm like yo what do you think about this and he's like yeah i agree with you and then i'm like why doesn't anyone say that in progressive media or liberal media he's like i don't know but i'm it's true the the core people everybody's on that vibe like even girls that are super liberal i'm like what do you not like about los angeles entertainment industry oh i don't like how they're forcing me to be a man like i just want to be a woman sometimes as far as like they're, they're super feminist but they kind of identify that they're overdoing it like it, it's like they're pushing them instead of like giving them the freedom 
you could do that job, you can do this job. They're like, you have to be a, like a more of a man, like, and don't be like that. And it's like, no, sometimes girls are just trying to chill. Where it's like the racism, sexism, xenophobia thing. If everything's, I can't stand racism on the left and the right. But if everything's racist, nothing's racist. Like if I'm a fascist because I'm literally, then yeah, yeah, yeah. you're ruining real fascism because yeah. it's like now yeah. you're painting it over. And uh, thank you for doing that, man. You're speaking my language. It was like Christmas morning because oh. like, <laughs> well, you know what we need. We need we need a uh, a spiritual revolution first before mm. we need anything else. You know what I'm saying? Preach, you, preach, brother. You said some things. I'm a big Alan Watts guy. I've been reading lately. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I put up a post the other day, and like you know, it's this whole kind of mentality that because I'm a white male, I'm attached to somebody who did something millions and millions of years ago, or whatever, or hundreds of years ago. And I keep saying there's nothing that is attaching me to these people back then. Yeah. Same thing as everybody else. We got to look forward, and the yes. way we treat each other moving forward is what's more important. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I believe that race is a made-up thing. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you know, we have to learn how to talk to each other better as people. We're all freaking humans. We bleed the same blood, you know, and um, uh, we have to stop walking around with this resentment and yelling past each other. It's mm -hmm. time to get spiritual with each other and let's learn. We're, there's nothing that, that makes us obligated to be the same person we were 10 years ago, five years ago, or even five minutes ago. So it's up to us today to start changing things moving forward. So that's why I just took it as an opportunity to get to talk to you today, knowing that a lot of people from my hometown in Boca Raton, Boca Raton Long Island, conservative people, like Anomaly is the young, hot guy right now. Like he's the hot conservative and stuff. You know, Roseanne Barr talked to this guy. A lot of people are listening to him. You know, and so really I took it as an opportunity to say, hey, let's go talk. Let's, let's make America debate again and debate right. in a friendly way because then, then we can truly come together. Man, preaching. That's crazy. I'm not even really conservative and Republican. I find libertarian policies make sense. But like, no, every time someone comes up to me like, yo, this is my Republican friend. And I'm like, yo, relax. Like, you know, I, I, do, I play basketball. Like, I'm not the Republican guy. I'm really not. I, like, because I know in four years, it'll, it might flip again. And then they're going to be, and I'm not going down that path. But uh, you're preaching a spiritual revolution. Absolutely. A mental revolution, a spiritual revolution. And this is the way, my man. I, I will be on the convo couch. I will please do. I like what you said. I, I thought of it, and I just remembered you're saying like with racism and stuff. One thing I like that uh, Jesse Lee Peterson does. I don't know if you've seen him. He's he's got a he's show. He's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got a he's, lot of great things to say. But he also, I mean, he also could be a little trolly sometimes. I was, but one of my favorite things he said to me because he was like, "Do you think racism exists?" And I I, I do to to an extent. Like, yeah, if someone hates. But he always says there's good and evil, and. You know, it's, I get like people who disagree, but like at the core of it, it is good and evil. And it is like a, if someone's racist, like they probably hate themselves. They're probably scared. They're probably weak. Like if you're confident and you love people and you've had perspective where you've met, like I, I literally have friends from everywhere and I'm blessed to grow up somewhere with a lot of different ethnicities, but like there's no reason to hate someone specifically because of their race. If you're comfortable, the people that I think are the most racist hate themselves and they're like, you got to project, you know, your problems onto other people sometimes. So, but if, yeah. you, if you don't look at it like racist, sexist, I get it. But like, talk to that person and like, show them you're a cool woman who's cooler than other women. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know anyone that's sexist. They call everyone sexist. Find me a guy that doesn't like women. I mean, gay guys are friends with women, but like, I'm, I, find me someone that's like inherently extremely sexist. I, I don't know where they are because guys pretty much love girls. <laughs> <laughs> well... I think that race is made up because racism is used to have us fighting with each other so the ruling class can just run off with everything. 
And that's the thing that we have to, we have to understand that it's just like, you know, for me, there's two different types of people. There's the oligarchs and everybody working out underneath them. You know what I'm saying? And that's strongly what I believe. So, you know, we fight with each other. They run to the bank laughing. They get all the resources and everything. So let's come together as a people. Let's start talking. You know, I, I, I want to, I wish I didn't have to work this Thanksgiving. I wanted to go to a couple different Thanksgiving tables and, and get some, get, get some politicking talking because we need to talk to each other and demonizing the other side, uh, whatever side you're on, uh, it just isn't going to work. I remember you were telling me uh, that you had to, after Ron's show with somebody on your thread, you had to go put him in his place and tell him, hey, man, stop being so nasty. Stop talking this way because, you know, this is all about us getting together because we know we have a lot more in common than we do that's separating us. But the media and those people, the powers that will be, they don't want us talking. They don't, they, it's like the bacon rebellion. They don't want us all getting in the room, different genders, races, whatever the case may be, and coming together. Cause if we do, they're done. They Absolutely. want us fighting. So yeah, no, every time I post something, not, I mean, I have a majority of people are amazing. There's a majority of people who never comment or like, they're like, I'm a silent follower. I don't want to get involved with this. But uh, every time I post something, people kind of ruin it. I don't want to like, not every time I'm not trying to be mean, but like I say something and if, like they go and it's like, dude, relax. Like if someone argues on my page, like let them, let them, you know, yeah. I don't, I, nothing I'm really that attached to. Like if I say it, it's a thought, it's, it's my belief, but uh, yeah, people, people do that. But thank you for coming on. I'll give you a last word. This is pasta Jardula from the combo couch and producer of Ron show already probably in my top three favorite progressives out there. So we're going to make sure to, to boost his page up because we need winners on the left. We need good people on the left. We need identity politics to get destroyed. I have a lot of friends that are comics, and a lot of them are liberal, but I'm like, yo, what, how do you feel about them ruining comedy? So it's like, this helps nobody. Um, yeah, well, there's now there's certain things as a comic you can't even talk about. You're not allowed to talk about it. Ridiculous. You can't even, you can't even make gay jokes nowadays the way you used to back in the days. So, yeah. Um, but uh, thank you for coming on, Anomaly. I really do appreciate it. My name is Craig Pasta Jordula. I am the co-host of The Combo Couch. I have a 29-year-old millennial partner named Fiorella, uh, and we get together on the couch and we uh, just talk about everyday topics, what's going on, progressive stuff, things on the right. We want to talk to everybody out there, and if you can go on to the Combo Couch on our YouTube, it's fairly new. We only have 100 subscribers. We're a little bit more popular on Facebook where we got 1,000, but if you can go on both of them uh, and, and listen on up and join on in, uh, we'd appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll be on too, and I'll share when I'm on, on the thing, and it's we need like your conversation today. It's the type of stuff that like really gets conservatives to, 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 to unite. It's not yelling at them or calling them fascists. Like when you come with your approach, there's going to be thousands of people that see it a way they've never seen before and even see progressives in another light. So it's a beautiful thing that you did. I appreciate you. Thank you for being on. God bless. I'll be on your show soon.